What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome to episode 10 of Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is our first ever video podcast episode, and we apologize slightly for the sound. I mean, we're still getting some things uh, worked out, and, you know, this is the first ever video feed, so we're uh, still trying to figure things out, but uh, I am really excited to do this. Uh, we're coming at you live from Catlisburg, uh, Kentucky, uh, right after watching Ohio State uh, barely eke out a wind against Indiana, man. How do you feel about it? I've got a lot of feelings about this game because, uh, I mean, I figured Indiana would definitely pose a threat because Indiana is a team that we typically play uh, every year that gives us fits. It's kind of like I put them in the same role with Penn State. Like, fluky stuff happens, and the team ends up hanging around, and we still end up getting the business done. But the difference is that Indiana is not viewed in the same light as Penn State. So therefore, if we struggle against Indiana, uh, the national media and football fans across the country that don't specifically know the Big Ten or especially Ohio State kind of view this like, wow, well, Ohio State struggled against Indiana. And that's usually what happens each year. Now, there's been a, a few years where we've kind of blown out Indiana. But for the most part, though, they've been a really good competitive team that we played in the East even though we've beat them 27 straight times in a row now. But still, I mean, they, they're, they're a competitive team. Fluky stuff happens. And it, th this game did not disappoint. No, it definitely didn't. I'm going to tell you uh, the feelings I had when we first started off the game. I mean, we started off like gangbusters, right? Two passes right off the rip to Garrett Wilson for a touchdown. We're up seven nothing, and I'm thinking, man, this Buckeye team has come to we're play. Win. We're going to win like 120. Nothing, I did. Right? I thought immediately after my score prediction, I thought, man, I'm way off. Like we're going to throw 50 plus on them. I doubt they're going to do anything. You know, they went what three and out a couple times in a row there at the beginning. Well, yeah, I think their first uh, two or three possessions, they didn't do anything with the ball. Right. Maybe exactly. even the first four possessions, they didn't. Right. And as soon as we got the ball to start the first half, you know, we plays to Garrett Wilson touchdown. But boy, did things change over the course of the game. I mean, we went from thinking we're going to blow out to at the end of the game wondering, hey, can we pull this thing out? I know. Um, well, for those of you that obviously most of you, if you're watching this, you watch the game. Uh, the first half, uh, we had probably a section of the second half of the first quarter into the first half of the second quarter where Justin Fields looked very human, if not, you know, struggled. Yeah. You know, he had passes bad at the line. He threw a ball that looked like it might have been – it might have slipped out of his hand that was underthrown that got picked. Yeah, it was a little Then short, another yeah. one to uh, Olave that got tipped around four or five times and got caught. Um, and then, you know, he was a little bit shaken after that. But he followed that up and went seven for seven for 91 yards and ran for a touchdown after that. And, I mean, at the half we're up 28 to seven. And I'm like, this is kind of what I thought it should be. And we even had two different plays, if you remember, where there were fumbles – Clear fumbles, in my opinion, and only one of them got reviewed. And even the one that got reviewed, they confirmed the call. And even the, you know, the, the sportscasters are like, you know, I can understand if they just want to make the play stand. But, I mean, to confirm that is just asinine. And, you know, not only that, I hate to play devil's advocate, but not only were there plays that were – or calls that were against us that went – you know, the wrong way, but also there was plays for us that went the wrong way. How many times did we look at it and go, man, we got away with one there, or that was a, 
You know what I mean? That yeah. was a, well, a on that Teague, on that on that Master Teague uh, touchdown run that went for almost forty yards. Right. Yeah. Uh, I called her right there. I said, "Well, why?" Well, I said, "Wait a second. Wait till that thing gets through. Because wait for the yellow flag to come. Because I swear there was a hold right at the end of the line, uh, right when Teague made his cut up field. And sure enough, I went back and looked, and there was a hold call that they didn't call. So, yeah. I mean. Calls went both ways. I'm not going to say the refs the screwed face us. Mask call. The refs didn't screw us. Yeah, we had a face yeah. mask call where, like, he grazed his mask but didn't even get him. Um, but, you know, the point I'm trying to make is the game could have went completely differently, especially for those first two fumble calls that I believe were fumbles. So the first one especially that would have, first of all, given us the ball at, like, the 20-yard line. Right. With the chance to go up 14 nothing at that point. And then the second one that um, they got just called an incompletion. And I don't recall what the uh, result of that play was, but it's still a fumble and we had an obvious recovery, which would have given us, again, a good field position. So on those two plays alone, you know, the score could have been way different than 28-7. Right. But I digress. 28-7 still at the half against an Indiana team that has probably had one of their best teams in the last 30 years, 20, 30 years. Um, I still feel pretty confident, to yeah. be honest with you. You know, the question before the game a lot was, is Indiana for real? Okay, they hadn't come across a real uh, stringent Big Ten schedule coming up to that. You know what I mean? They've eked out some wins, and the teams that they play don't have very many wins. So people were like, hey, is Indiana for real? And I got to be honest, man, after today, I think it might be. You know, are they, are they a top four team in the country? No. But are they a top ten team in the country? Yeah, I think so. So based on what we've seen this year and how much inconsistency there is between the COVID things, who's playing who, and teams that we thought would win and have lost, I really do think Indiana's a top 10 team. Well, I think what you saw was Ohio State was, in my opinion, for at least three quarters of that game was clearly the better team and not even close. Because we even had some calls that I believe went a little bit against us. Maybe we had in favor of a few calls. But we were still clearly the better team. We were three touchdowns up going in the fourth quarter, 42-21. So the final score of the game is 42-35. So that means we got outscored 14-0 in the second half. And it looked like we were a team that was playing to, instead of win the game, to hold on to the victory. And it looked like Indiana was, again, a team that played that had nothing to lose. And it was clear to me that... Uh, we finally got exploited, and I know you wanted to use the term, but I'll use it I for sure you. Did. I'll use it for yeah. you <laughs> because it was clear to me as well that our secondary is awful. Oh. It's absolutely awful. Like Sean Wade, I still believe is a really good defensive back, but he is playing in a position that he is not used to. He doesn't know what to do. He, you know, he's more. In the position he played last year, he was more free to roam, right? right? Free to blitz, you know, free to kind of come in and make some help. But he was not the lockdown corner that they're asking of him this year. And that's just not the kind of player he is. And Sean Wade, even though he finally stepped up and picked the pass for a pick six, you know, he still got beat multiple other times, especially on the one where he got called for the pass interference, which was questionable call. You know, it yeah. could have been offensive pass interference, but even still, you're a grown man. Like, get into that wide receiver and keep him from catching the ball. Like, if you take a PI, 
that's one thing. But you took a PI and the guy caught the ball and he ran another 20 yards after the catch for a touchdown. Right. That is pitiful. So Not to mention, man, the, the, you know, defensive backs are terrible. Oh my gosh. And the mental mistakes that we made. I mean, how many times, what about the trips left uh, stack that we watched? Yeah. And I call, I told you multiple times we're watching the game. Like, you know, we, we see three of them in that, you know, in the trips and we see two of our defensive guys over there and you have one of them that's like 15, 20 yards off the ball. Like yeah. you're automatically giving one of those guys uh, 15 yards. And then on that one play that you're talking about in the first half, where they had that big pass play and they scored their only touchdown in the first half. We had, jo- uh, you know, Josh Proctor out there who is, he hits like a train, but God, he might be dumber to box the rocks because yeah. that guy is not getting with the program in regards to what you're supposed to cover in the defensive backfield. Like he literally went to the side along with seven banks to close off the receiver on the, uh, the sideline and completely left the slot receiver wide open yep. through the gap. And they're all assignment football for a reason, folks. I mean, it's just see the one thing I'm taking a positive from this is that I don't feel like with the exception of Sean Wade and the corner a few times, the majority of the big plays that Indiana had was missed assignments was things that can be cleaned up. But the Sean Wade issue, I think is the bigger issue in my opinion, because Sean Wade, I think is being asked to do something that he's just, that's not his specialty. And I think they need to put him back where his specialty is and put someone younger out on the corner that is more of a lockdown corner style player to do that job. Because Sean Wade is not able to clean up the mess that other, you know, corners make. But instead, now you have a safety out there that is not Sean Wade that can't clean up the mistakes that Sean Wade's making at corner. Do you see where I'm going with this? Absolutely. And you know what? I think everybody can agree. If you're a Buckeye fan and you're watching this team, Every week, from week to week, okay, we've all said consistency. The problems are what? Running offense, passing defense. We've talked about it multiple times. And you know what? I'm interested to, like, hear what your guys' opinion are on it. So if you're watching this and you agree or you have some input on the defense, comment below. Tell us what you think. Because I'm telling you right now, with this defense, yeah, we might make it through the the next couple games because we're we're heavily favored by quite a bit with – some of the teams we're playing. We got a weaker schedule coming up. Uh, we got Illinois, Michigan State, and Michigan, and we're going to be favored by double digits in every game from here on out. And we may eat by, but you know what? The time is going to come, like we've talked about before. The time is going to come where we're going to have to play someone that's going to play us as tough as we play other people. And on that day, I'm telling you what, we better find a way to stop the pass because I'm telling you right now, coming out and let Indiana throw for 500 yards ish on you. That's, that's, that pisses me off. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how to express how much that pissed me off. Like, we literally held them to negative six yards rushing on the day. And we gave up over 450 yards of total offense. And almost lost the game. Yeah. I mean, like, Ohio State's supposed to be DBU, right? Especially with the, the talent that they we're say. there. I understand we lost a lot of talent. Damon Arnett, uh, Jordan Fuller, and um, – uh, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Sorry, I apologize. It's been a long day. We may have had some beverages during the game. Um, but you but know what? How much? How many good things have we heard about, you know, the point, banks and – Listen, know. they're good athletes. But in my opinion, this comes to coaching. And if you realize there was a big change that happened from last year to this year. Jeff Halfley used to be the defensive backs coach, the defensive coordinator, right? 
And he left and took a head coaching job at Boston College. And we bring in Kerry Combs. And I love Kerry Combs. I think Kerry Combs is great. But you're still going through a coaching change. Yeah. And you're going through a culture change. And you're losing three first-round draft. Well, Jordan Fuller wasn't first-round, but he was first-round talent. In yeah, first-round talent. Yeah, I agree. You're losing three quality defensive backs. Okay? And we, the only person we have coming back, we're moving to a different position. Like – the defensive backfield is an absolute mess. And in my opinion, for the rest of your going forward, that is the thing that if we don't get cleaned up, we'll keep us out of the playoffs. Or if we get in the playoffs, we'll get us embarrassed. Because I think we saw today, finally, our running offense decided to wake up a little bit. And we had to in the weather. I mean, it was cold. It was rainy. It was windy. It was obvious Justin Fields struggled there for a portion of time. So, we put it on the backs of Master T, who finally looked amazing. What ran for over 150 yards today? He did. Um, uh, basically, the running game, I'm not as worried about. I feel like it's there if we need it. It's not going to be as elite as if we had Zeke Elliott or J.K. Dobbins in the backfield, but it is definitely capable to do plenty to accommodate our passing game. So when that passing game struggles like it did today, the running game, can come in well you know me man we've been friends for years i need a bigger sample size today was great everybody ran the ball great uh when justin Fields struggled we seemed to pick it up in the running game which was awesome um just Fields had some good runs today too he did and you know what he just showed a little sign of human that's all it was okay yeah. he kind of he had a bad spurt there he kind of adjusted he had a bad he had a bad, right eight, he had a bad eight minutes of game time to be perfectly honest yeah. and that was about it because other than that he still looked the justin fields that we all know yeah but at the end of the day through four games this is the only spurt of running game that i've been confident in saying that i'm proud of yeah. so i need to see a little bit more let's let's build on this next week let's keep it moving let's keep running the ball because i'm telling you what right now teams are adjusting they know we're not running the ball and that's why I feel like today the pass game didn't work as well. They were expecting it. They planned for it. And when we started to run the ball like we did, you know, things opened up a little bit. Right. I mean, that's just the way things go. So I would really like to see us build on this moving forward. I hope Master Teague's not hurt. I haven't heard anything after the game yet. Uh, he uh, he, he's, pr he's probably going to have a little bit of a sprained ankle look like, uh, tweaked a little bit. But he's putting weight on it. He was hobbling a bit. But – you know, I'm not as worried about it because we still have Trey Sermon. We still have some good backups that are at least capable. And we're going to be facing an Illinois and a Michigan State team in the next two weeks where the running game is not going to be as critical. Michigan, I want to have that run game solid. Even though Michigan has struggled a lot this year and they look like they're garbage, it's still, a, you know, a rivalry game where anything can happen. But yeah. I want to get into a bigger picture here, okay? okay? We've talked a lot and we've agreed a lot, okay? Yeah. But – I'm really concerned with how you feel or based upon how I feel in regards to where do you think our team is in regards to where other teams are? Or do you think it's still because this is only our fourth game, other teams are on their eighth game? Do you even think our defense can improve enough to actually compete? Because, listen, I still think we have plenty enough talent to make it unscathed through the Big Ten and win the Big Ten title. But it's a different animal if you're playing Alabama, if you're playing Clemson, you know, in the in the college football playoff. And with the team that we came in with today, we we'd get beat, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, can you honestly say if you look right now, okay, and whatever you decide that your 
your CFP top six is going to be, okay? Whatever that is. And that's going to be your opinion right now. And I'm telling you, that's all it's going to be for anyone, okay? Because of the fact of the schedule, games getting canceled, people missing key matchups. I mean, there's, there's so many things going on right now that it's really hard to say, okay, through the sample size we have so far, here are the best five, six teams in the country. So when I look at Ohio State and I look at what I've seen so far, it's hard to tell. I really don't know. Are we a top five team? I think so, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I guarantee you this much right now, the way we played today on defense, we are definitely not a top two team because I really think uh, Goldilocks from uh, Clemson or Alabama would pack our lunch for us if we played defense like this against them. Yeah, again, in this day and age, you know, I, I think our defensive line played well. And again, we, we gave up negative six yard rushing, but I think Indiana figured out quickly that they weren't going to be able to run the ball on us. They did it occasionally to try to keep us honest, but for the most part, they passed the ball. So one of the big things that if you're struggling with your defensive backs in a passing game that can help you is you get pressure on the quarterback and you scramble them out of the pocket or you sack him. Did yeah. we do that? We might have gotten some part. It seemed like right before we hit him, he still hit a receiver for 20, 30 yards. And it's just – we're not getting enough pressure to make up for the difference of the lack of, I don't, I wouldn't say athletic ability, but um, no. the coaching understanding of the defense, the assignments, the skill level already presented. That this is a huge problem in my opinion. That you know, listen, I'm not taking anything away from Indiana because Indiana still has good players. They have a great coach. And they definitely have been trending in the right direction. So I think it was a great matchup. Do I think that we were seven points better than them? No. I feel like Vegas had it pretty much right. But I also, you know, know that Indiana typically plays this tough year in and year out. And the weather wasn't exactly what you call ideal. But at the end of the day, um, I think it's still a glaring issue that if we don't get this resolved, it doesn't matter how good our offense plays. No. You know, if another team's going to put up 40, 50 against us and gets a couple stops against us, you know, we could still, still score 35, 42 points and lose by 10, 14 points in the, in the CFP. Absolutely. And you know what? Let's get one thing straight for everybody. Buckeye Nation, I know you guys can agree. This is not the Big 12. This is the Big 10. The Big 12 doesn't win national championships. You know why? Because they, they don't play, play defense. defense. They don't play defense. That's exactly why. So it doesn't matter if we're putting up 55 points on everybody if we can't stop the pass. I'm telling you, they're going to eat us alive. We've got to figure it out. And I know we've had a lot of missing or a lot of moving pieces, like we talked about. We got people stepping in. We got coaches coming in. There's a lot of new stuff. We've had a very small sample size this year through four games. I totally understand that. But we have got to figure it out because you know what? We may only get six or seven games. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, we have to make everything count now. Chad's a little bit more into the assumption that this is a really an embarrassing win. I am leaning a little bit more towards still like, listen, that was a good Indiana team, probably the best we've seen in a long time. We struggled still in that game. We still came out on top. It's still a big uh, a top 10 win. Um, at the end of the day, I still think in regard, I don't, I don't see Indiana losing any more games, to be perfectly honest with you. Now, Indiana, I do believe, still has to play Wisconsin. I may be wrong on that. I thought I saw that on their schedule. But other than I that, like, right. Indiana's probably not going to lose a game. So, uh, as long as they can continue to keep winning, that win is going to look better and better. But still, Indiana clearly exposed issues that Ohio State has on their team. So, 
Um, I'll be interested to see what's going to happen uh, here on Tuesday, November 24th, for the CFP's first uh, reveal for and where you know they're, what? where they're at. And I, you know what? We could spend hours probably. And talking this is my about Christmas. That. CFP's coming out. It's time. This is my Christmas. I know. So I'll tell you what. Uh, we'll we'll try, we'll start finishing up with this. Okay, the CFP is coming out on Tuesday. And I'm going to ask you right now, and we've not prepped this or anything. You know, this is just me and you talking. Where do you think legitimately Ohio State will come out? Now, again, I understand Ohio State's undefeated. Um, our defense does not look great. Offenses look really good. Uh, mainly Justin Fields has looked really good, and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave's look really good. But, you know, a team is more than three players. Okay? Yeah, right. So, uh, especially with the fact that the Big Ten looks like they are way down this year. You know, as much as I'm a Big Ten fan, you know, I've kind of lost a little bit of my allegiance since Kevin Warren decided to be an idiot and all the leadership decided to be an yeah, idiot. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like this on the Big Ten. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with the Big Ten, but we're part of the Big Ten, unfortunately, still. So, you know, we have to kind of, you know, stay in right. our stay in our realm there. But um, I'm curious, where do you think the CFP looks at? Because you also got to understand teams like, even though Clemson's losing two games now, because uh, they just got their game postponed against Florida State, and they missed the uh, – I, I apologize. I don't think they missed the game before that, but, you know, they lost to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Um, that, there's been several of the teams that are highly ranked. Like, I know Florida's missed at least one, maybe two games. I know Alabama missed the LSU game. But, see, the difference is they have the opportunity to make that up. But at this current time, there's been teams that lost games, but we are still clearly – we've only had four games compared to – the other teams that you would consider top tier have six, seven, eight games. So well, you got to imagine that's got to take some sort of account with the CFP, right? So where I do you have, think where do you think we're going to be? I have two answers to that question. The number one is where I think we should be, and where I think we're going to be. Okay, okay. I'll follow you. Where I think we should be is number four. I'll tell you why. Does Clemson have a loss? Yes, they do. Okay, but guess what? They were missing their star player, their number one quarterback. So, yeah, they have a loss. And they barely lost that game. To and begin lost with. it over time on the road. Exactly. So, now you're looking at, you know, an Alabama, Notre Dame at top, a Clemson number three, and I think an Ohio State at number four based on what we showed on defense. What do I think it's going to be when it comes out? I think it's going to be Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, then Clemson based on the loss. That's what I think is going to happen. Do I think that we're a better football team than Clemson? Not right now. I'm sorry. I really don't. I think we need a little bit more. We have ways to improve. Can we get there? I think we can. But I really think right now with Trevor Lawrence stepping in and Clemson and them actually having a full schedule with a full squad, Mm -hmm. I think there's no doubt right now that they've they've got the lead over us. So you think we will be at three? I think we'll be at number three, but But I think think we deserve number four. See, I'm I'm way off on that, okay? So what do I think we should be and what do I think we'll actually be at? Um, I think we should actually be at four because I think Alabama and Notre Dame deserve the spots. And I still think Clemson looks like the better team overall, even though they struggled. So I think personally for me, I feel like we should be at number four. But what do I think we'll be at? I think we'll be at like six or seven. And the reason why I'm saying that is because Florida clearly looks so far like a better team. Even though they have the L, they still have three more games than we do. Um, Texas A&M, their only loss is to Alabama. Even though they did get kind of blown out, they still look like a good team. Ohio State, even though they haven't lost, uh, it just 
I feel, in my personal opinion, I just have a gut feeling that the CFP is going to penalize Ohio State uh, early mm -hmm. on for having limited games. Now, uh, that means that we still have room to catch up. Yeah. But at the same token, that also means that I think our wins moving forward cannot just be wins anymore. They have to be wins convincingly. Oh, so you're going to take the Chad mentality. Well, I wasn't at first, but I'm starting to kind of get a feeling. Now, listen, the CFP could completely throw a loop and put us in number two, for all I know. But I don't see any reason that they would do that, Consider Notre Dame has the better win, obviously, and they're still undefeated. And Ohio State's defense is, I mean, we're averaging probably, after this game, we're probably averaging giving up like 25, 26 points a game. Like, that's not an elite defense at all. That's I, that's maybe average or slightly below average defense. Yeah. Now we're still scoring an average of, you know, 42, 43 points a game, but that's still even underneath the mark that we were at last year. Like if you think last year, you know, we were probably scoring at over 50 points a game on average and we we're giving up less than like 15. Right. Like at one point we were the, t the number one offense, the number one defense. Right. So I just, I have a feeling that the CFP is going to penalize us. And I don't think it's, you know, going to be that big of a surprise. And I think they'll explain the fact that, you know, Ohio State's only played a few games and we still need to see them against, you know, some other opponents and see if they win their conference, stuff like that. Because I don't think almost to I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. It almost wouldn't be fair to put Ohio State in the top four right now when you have four of the teams that have played more and probably looked more solid on both sides of the ball. Like we still have a zero in the loss column, which this year is definitely important, especially since we're not playing in out of conference games and you're getting free, easy wins like a lot of other teams do. But I think it's very possible that we're going to get penalized for being behind other conferences and that we've not even looked 100% convincing in all of our wins. I can see it that way, but this is why I said, and if you remember, if you listen to our podcast, you already know, I've said it darn near every episode that we've had, style points this year matters. In a short year with less games yeah. and you don't know who's playing and what can happen, you've got to put on every week. Every week you've got to put on. So the next couple of weeks where we're favored heavily, we need to cover those spreads. We need to come out swinging. We need to show people that we have an explosive offense and that we've improved on defense if we want to end up in that top four at the end of the year. I mean, we got Illinois, Michigan State, and Michigan. And in my opinion, Illinois, we should beat them by 30. Michigan State, we should beat them by at least 25, 30. In Michigan, we should beat them by at least 20. And if we don't do all three of those things, then obviously we have not improved as a team and we've digressed, in my opinion. Um, you know, we, we clearly have the better athletes. We have recruited the best. I think the world of Ryan Day. And I don't think that Ryan Day is uh, – I, I, me and Chad are starting to differ a little bit over the last few games on this, but I think Chad's starting to get a little bit away from respecting Ryan Day wholly like he used to, I still understand the role that he's been put in. Like, we don't understand what happens behind closed doors, especially with all this COVID-related stuff, games getting canceled, um, you know, trying to move pieces in and out, you know, coaching changes. Like, I still think he's doing a great job, and he's still winning games. And even though it's not to the extent that we would want or expect, I mean, it sucks that our defense um, is not – up to par with the generational talent that Justin Fields and our offense is, you know, but that just may be the way it is. Like at some point during the game, you know, given this was still about middle of the way through, I told Chad that I, it feels like, you know, we kind of have an LSU team from last year where we yeah. have an offense that looks great. 
Uh, we have great wide receivers. We have a great quarterback. The running game is decent, you know, with Clyde Edwards-Zolaire from last year. You know, he wasn't like, you know, putting up monstrous numbers every game, but he was completely serviceable and did everything that you would need in the running game. But the defense still gave up a lot of points and a lot of yards each game, and that was kind of the question. And I feel like we were kind of going the same route until I saw the second half of the Indiana game. And then we got completely exposed. And I was like, you know, even LSU's defensive backfield wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. But it's such a small sample size that a part of me still doesn't know if that was really, is Indiana really that good? Like, they could potentially really be that good. Like, time will tell. Like, I'll tell you what, if Indiana goes unbeaten the rest of the year, and that's their one loss, and they look convincing of the wins, then I'm going to respect a lot more of that of the victory we had today and the the fact that, you know, we didn't have our best game and we fought. And Justin Fields probably had his worst game in a Buckeye uniform. Yeah. Statistically, at least. If Indiana looks like they did today every other week, they're not going to lose another game. No. And I'll tell you what, they looked great today. They looked great today through the air. Um, they got some top-notch receivers there. And their quarterback, man, he took me by surprise. I hadn't really watched a lot on him. Yeah. I mean, I watched some, but not – you know, not a ton on him today. He really impressed me, man. Well, see, really when we did. played him last year, he was hurt, so he didn't even play. Yeah. And last year, you know, I think they won the rest of the games, and I think the only game they lost, I cannot remember for the life of me, but I could I could have sworn that I think they lost to Tennessee in their bowl game, but it was a very competitive game. And then from there they won. So they've only had, like, one loss before playing us today that uh, they were, like, 7-1, 8-1 over the last stretch. Right. So they're they're trimming the right direction. They're definitely a quality team. Um, the problem is, in the grand scheme of it, no matter what number you want to put next to Indiana's name, uh, the majority of people know Indiana is not a football school; it's a basketball school. Right. And it's going to look to the average football fan as, "Wow, Ohio State can only be Indiana by seven. And I think that's going to hurt us to the average person. Yeah. And of course, as uh, ESPN that likes to you know, beef up the SEC and downplay all these other, um, you know, conferences. But I digress. Anyways, uh, overall, my feeling is that a win's a win. And I think Ryan Day is right. You know, we're just trying to win these games. Uh, I think we came out on fire. I think we stubbed our toe early on the second half. But we righted the ship. We're up 27. And then Indiana either made the right changes. Ohio State made the wrong. We made some bonehead plays in the second half and the game almost got away from us. And I think in a way that's a good thing moving forward because that gives us a lot to work on to try to improve for the next week. Yep, absolutely. And you know what, like I said, at this point in time in this college landscape, any win is a good win. So we'll take it and uh, we'll go on to next week. But before we get out of here, we want to talk about our prop bets we did this week. Uh, since we were in person, we decided we'd do like a little in-person thing uh, during the game. And uh, I'm going to let Davis tell you exactly what we did. Okay, here. so if you've been listening to our podcast, you know that we do three prop bets a week. Me and Chad will come up with three different bets, not even necessarily something Vegas-related, just something maybe we create. It's part of the game just as a fun bet. And, of course, we have something that is owed at the end. Uh, if you missed the Maryland one, uh, Chad lost. Uh, even though we didn't play the Maryland game, I updated you on the – um, the most recent one, which we missed the one on Rutgers, but on Penn State, uh, Chad owes me a dinner for those ones. If you want to figure yeah. out what the prop bets were on those, you can go back and check. So far, up to that point, Chad's been 0-2 on the prop bets. So we made another one today. Chad make a comeback. 
It was close. It so, was so close. <laughs> so we made three profits today. The first one was, uh, will we finally have a 100-yard rusher? Because up to this point, the first three games, neither Master Teague or Trey Sermon had rushed for 100 yards in a game. Correct. I said, you know what? Weather's a little nasty. Uh, I just had a feeling. I said, you know what? Yes. Chad said, no. Master Teague rushes for 150-plus yards. And you know what? I'm happy to lose that bet because yeah. we, as Buckeye fans, have been waiting for some kind of life. And Master Teague right. looked really good today. Yes, he did. He absolutely looked good. He was actually making some good football moves. He wasn't just, you know, running in a head pile steam like he was making spin moves, jukes, falling forward for three, four yards, even getting hit at the line. Yep. Like, he looked the part. Yep. So, Master Teague, uh, A-plus today. You got me a, a big victory on that one. Yep. Uh, next one was Indiana total yards. Um, their average for the season up to this point was 360 yards per 360, game. Yep. Uh, we put the over under right at that. Chad said that we would do. They would do more than that. I had a. I was hoping more than anything. Had a feeling that our defense would step up. And after the first quarter, it was like 190 yards and seven points. I was like, you know, we still got a chance. And then they blew the doors off the second half and. I mean, even though they rushed for negative six yards, they still passed for like 450. Yep. And I say that because now, did I expect the kind of day they had through the air? Did I expect almost 500 yards? No, I did not. But I did expect them to move the ball. So I thought 360 was a pretty good number. I really thought they'd be more around 400 or 385 to 400, but they ended up more than that. But that, yeah. that, that was uh, that was when I felt pretty confident in. So that one hurt. That one, that one was painful. You know, and I was betting because it was more hope than anything, but I kind of knew, I kind of knew that yeah. if they were going to put the ball in the air, this is the, probably the best quarterback we're going to face all season in the Big Ten, barring if we face, uh, we face Graham Mertz against Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game, which, good Lord, our defensive backs are going to have to improve and we'll face him. But, uh, so I lost that bet. So we're tied at one each. And that left us to our last one. And it was Justin Fields passing yards at 315. Chad took 315 yards or more. I just had a feeling the running game was going to be more important today, and I took the under. And easily with still six, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, Justin Fields had 300 passing yards and needed 15 more and just could not do it. And I believe he finished with 300 passing yards on the day, which gave me a two-to-one victory. Look, man, three picks, two picks. One pick, yeah, yeah, crap. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Listen, I, I I can't help it that I'm like a, an Ohio State prop bet savant. I, I, I guess I, gotta be. I don't know what the heck. I'm zero and three. So, so yeah. So so far this year, Chad has given me an apology speech. And hold on, let's rewind to where I still have to wash your golf clubs. Well, that's from last year. <laughs> that's you from still last have it. year, and it's not even in dishwater. <laughs> Like that is with Evian. You buy a bunch of bottled water of Fuji That's Evian it. water and you pour it into a, a tub. The water's from Lake Minnetonka. Yes. I, I want to purify. <laughs> All right. So long story short is Chad lost the bet uh, this week. And the uh, result of the bet was next week I will actually be up in Columbus with him for the Illinois game. So we plan on doing a second uh, video episode. Yep. And um, during the actual game, Chad has to be my uh, game. I don't know. We're, we're going to try to think of the technical term since we can't edit here. There isn't one. 
Biatch. Yes. We're going with my game Biatch, which means <laughs> at any point during the game, if I need something to drink, if I need something to eat, uh, if I need something wiped off the side of my lip <laughs> with a napkin, he has to do everything that I ask him to do during the game. So that is the result hey. of, unfortunately, not picking correct profits. I'm telling you, I may be a loser. But I'm not a sore loser, right? <laughs> so I will be there. I'll be uh, doing it. I'll be bearing him all game long. You, you you better wait. I mean, you're you're gonna grab me a drink. The second open, I was like, man, this thing's a little light. I think oh I need another one. God, it's oh, gonna be heck. I'm gonna let you have it. But we'll come up with three new prop bets. So, anyways, um, uh, I know we've been talking for a little while, but we wanted to definitely give you guys uh, first uh, chance at um, kind of our first video episode. If it seems a little rough, the audio is bad. We apologize. Um, we're not able to edit this as well as if this was just a strictly audio feed that we typically do. Yeah. Um, but moving forward, um, we're still going to throw these in there and we're going to get better as we go. We just hope you guys enjoy the content. Um, we hope you guys enjoy that. We talk about Ohio state football and we're fans just like you, you know, we're, we're not, you know, professionals and we, we've not you know we, we don't claim to be and we don't claim to know everything about everything we're just two best friends that grew up together and humongous ohio state fans and now that we're married not to each other no not to each other <laughs> but now that we're married to, to two separate women yes we rely a lot upon our buckeyes yeah and we put a lot of energy into it and that's kind of where we're at yep absolutely hey we appreciate every one of you. I want to say that right now um, on the video podcast. Sincerely, if you're listening to the videos, listening to the podcast, checking out the page, sharing the stuff, we appreciate you. Okay, so uh, don't think that we don't. Um, and as usual, like I said, check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter. Check us out on Spotify. Check us out on iTunes. Check us out on Google Play. Just Our check us out. And you know what? We are super pumped for next week. Illinois, he'll be in Columbus. We'll do the same thing. New prop bets, same kind of format. I can't wait. And we will see you guys next week. Go Bucks. OH.